I think it's going to be okay. <clears throat> It'll work anyway. Well, I hope you've had a good week. Uh, I, my week was busy. I was talking with somebody else, and they said their week was busy, and they think, just think that that's the, uh, that's the norm of things, and it is. But sometimes our busyness can get in the way. Sometimes the, the things that we take on can get in the way of soaring in a journey with Jesus Christ. Our scripture uh, today is from Hebrews chapter 12. Very familiar passage of scripture, and uh, it says this. It says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And it is encouraging when we see what Jesus Christ went through for us and when we keep our eyes focused on him, we're encouraged and we see how it is possible to really soar with him. But the problem is that burdens get in the way. That our ourselves get in the way and we we forget how to focus on Jesus Christ. That's great in the beginning and we and we and we learn some things about Christ and we and we focus on him, but there are sometimes life throws things in our way and we forget how to focus. We lose our focus. I was uh <clears throat> I was privileged this week to uh Watch my two teenage grandchildren. And on Monday and Tuesday, uh, Ellen and I were at their house and uh, their parents, uh, one was, uh, in Marion, Indiana, I believe, and the, no, Indianapolis, Indiana, and, uh, the other one was in, I think they're both maybe in Indianapolis. Anyway, um, one was maybe in Marion. Uh, one was for a board meeting for the seminary, Wesleyan Seminary, and the other one was, uh, was in a training uh, with Eli Lilly and Company, and so they were away, and we got to watch the watch the children while they weren't in school. And so there was quite a lot of time when they were in school, and I was able to get some work done on this stuff. And uh, they came home and we played. But uh, but in the mix, they have uh, they have a dog, and uh, their dog's name is Tuck, and. Uh, Tuck is a wild dog. He, uh, uh, he has just a super amount of energy and he doesn't quite know how to control that yet. He is a, uh, he's a, a golden doodle and golden doodles are just like that. Uh, they, uh, they have a great deal of energy and they just don't seem to know what to do with it. 
but uh, and so he has uh, a lot of toys to keep him busy. And so I was learning how to keep him busy. And uh, he would uh, he would come and, and he would he would get one of the cho- one of the toys. His favorite one was kind of a stretchy bone. It was blue, and and I would hang on to one end, and he would hang on to the other, and he'd pull it and jerk my hand around and and that kind of thing. And then I would let go of it, and he would come back and he would put it in my hand, and we would go around again. If I tried to grab at it, then he would run around and try to uh, uh, try to keep it away from me. But if I just ignored him, he would put it in my hand. So we would uh, toy. He was he was focused on that bone, and I found out that the quietest that Tuck would be is if I if he was sitting down and I would just hold the bone in my hand he was totally focused on that bone and for like 10 minutes he didn't move a muscle here's Tuck and I in a drawing uh, and uh, I'm holding I'm holding the bone and Tuck is just sitting there looking at it and he is uh, he he's just He's got all his energy, but he was just, he was just so focused that he couldn't look at anything else. Nothing else bothered him. And I was doing the sermon anyway right then, and so I thought, this is good. Uh, I told him, I said, snap a picture of this. This will, this will help. This teaches. Uh, this teaches that if we can only be as smart as a dog, you know, uh, we'll, we'll do it. But for the joy set before him in this picture, it's a blue bone, but in reality, it was for Jesus. The joy set before him was setting us free to have fellowship restored to him. And that is so precious. It is worth everything that Jesus went through. And as in this time when we, when we are looking to Palm Sunday, Good Friday, we look to the Last Supper on Monday, Thursday, and then the Good Friday, and all the suffering that Jesus did, all the betrayals that he went through. The grandest betrayal was Judas, I suppose, but the betrayal of all those who so, so vehemently said that they would support him no matter what. Have you ever been through that kind of suffering when somebody says, I am going to support you no matter what. I am going to be there and I'm going to have your back. And then they just forget that they said that. They didn't mean it in the first place. Well, they meant it in the time. But it didn't have life to it. And Jesus was committed because of the joy set before him of restoring that relationship of his creation back to the Father. He was able to endure the cross, scorning its shame and its pain. And even while he was hanging on the cross, instead of thinking about himself and what was going on there, he was able to turn his attention to one of the thieves. And comforted him and said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Jesus, so confident in the work that he was doing today, you'll be with me. And so, as we go through life, we collect baggage. And that baggage kind of disturbs 
our ability to see sometimes. And uh, if you have uh, too much baggage on an aircraft, uh, on a plane, uh, it might not be able to leave, according to the uh, National Aviation uh, Association. Uh, they print this kind of stuff and said uh, it may not be able to leave the ground if it has too much baggage. And you're going to understand that's too heavy. Uh, the plane can't uh, can't overcome uh, the gravitational pull, and uh, even with all the all the wind and the speed and all that kind of stuff, it won't uh, uh, it won't be able to get off the ground. Or if it does get off the ground, it may exhibit unexpected and unusual, un- unusually poor flight characteristics. And I think sometimes in, a, in the Christian life, when we are so burdened with different things, things get in the way of our vision. I, I said uh, three or four weeks ago, uh, the first Sunday that I was here, I said that I had, a, uh, had an eye problem in my left eye. I have a hole in the back of uh, in, in my retina. And if I if I close one eye and I and I look with that, uh, I'll call that the bad eye. Nothing bad about it. it just has a little spot. Uh, but uh, your uh, your faces, if I if I look at you with this eye closed, I I'll, I lose part of your face. I lose your uh, I lose your eyes and your nose. Um, <laughs> so there's a blind spot there, and and it's interesting. I play with it because there's nothing else I can do, um, and. <laughs> Making spiritual lessons out of it, uh, but anyway, um, when we have too much baggage, it's like having a, having a an inability to see Jesus, and so it ruins our flight. It it uh, we we experience unexpected and unusual, unusually poor flight characteristics. So carrying the wrong load disrupts our journey. Watch this video. But we struggle with it way too long. You see, baggage creates that hole in the eyes so that when we're trying to focus on Jesus Christ, we just can't because we're trying to hold together and hold up all the baggage that we carry that's put on to us by ourselves and by others. But when we understand that we can focus on Jesus Christ, that we can fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, because of the joy of what he is setting before us, then we can learn to let go of the baggage. Not that we'll have any ability to let go of it, but he will take it from us if we will just give it to him. That is very difficult. Almost impossible to do sometimes. But he enables us as we trust him more and more. Let me introduce you to a couple of my friends, um, Sam and Arnie. Uh, they are, they're heavy burdened. Uh, they are, uh, they're sad. They've got a cloud going over their heads all the time. And, uh, their, uh, their posture is the same. But they are different folks. Arnie was a, uh, fellow I knew about, uh, 30 years ago. And 
Uh, he was a uh, he was a scoutmaster. He was very uh, very respected and prominent man of our community. And his wife was a church secretary, and uh, they were just a, a a great couple, full of friend, full of, uh, fun, and the and the guys in the uh, uh, in the scouting troop they uh, they were uh, tight with him. Uh, but he would uh, he would forget things every once in a while, and he'd forget his keys. And so the guys in the in the scout troop they began to hide his keys from him uh, because it was a good game. And he'd, where are my keys? Where are they? Just go through all kinds of antics, and then they give them to him. And you guys, <laughs> and it was just all great fun. Until Arnie, through downsizing, lost his job, and he was old enough to where it was going to be very difficult to replace that job. And about that same time, their pastor of their, of their church was going through a crisis and was going to be leaving that particular denomination and was making some poor decisions in the process and... Arnie's wife, who had like six months more to work and she would have had a pension from there, was fired from her job without cause. And Arnie became very bitter, quit the scout troop, kind of dropped out of society, and I tried to talk to him once, and he blamed me as a a person who was participating in the in the conspiracy against him and his family. I said, Arnie, I'm not. How do you get that? I was pastoring a church uh, that was going to be merging into a, another church, and so I was in charge of that, uh, that merger process. And my denomination sold the building that we were in to the pastor, to his pastor that had made those bad decisions. And because of that link, I was a bad guy to Arnie. Arnie, because he was not able to focus on Christ, because of the things that happened to him that weren't really his fault, Arnie chose a a road of bitterness. And bitterness turned into isolation and suspicion and loneliness. I don't know, because I left the community, I don't know whether Arnie was ever able to recover his focus on Jesus Christ. But life happens in those kind of ways. Sam, Sam was having a hard time with forgiving his wife. I know he looks kind of young, but he was a young married man and and... His wife did some atrocious things and they came together and they decided that they would try to make their marriage work, but the way that he was going to make their marriage work is to never trust her again and to control every aspect of her life. His anger and his bitterness 
began to overtake him and he began to drink and just became a very, very sad and lonely person. These folks are Christian folks who lost sight. They had a hole in their eye. They could not, because of the baggage that had happened to them, they just couldn't seem to forgive. There's another friend, uh, and uh, he wouldn't pose for a picture, but, uh, uh, <laughs> or I didn't create one. Um, name's Bob. And Bob became very aware of his sin, and he was not able to, he, he wasn't able to get out from under his sin, under his own strength. He became a Christian, and Things were going really well, and, and for about a year, he was just flying high, and, and then his sin popped up again, and, and he felt like he'd ruined his life, and he thought he'd ruined his marriage, and, ruined, and if anyone ever found out, his life wouldn't be worth living. And Bob was angry. And self-condemning. And was spinning out of control. Because Bob couldn't forgive himself. And so Bob can't forgive himself. Sam can't forgive his wife. And Arnie can't forgive anybody. Because they got a hole in their vision. They were not able to because they lacked the ability... To give it to Jesus. Bad things are going to happen to us. Bad things happen to us all the time. But the writer of Hebrews says that we are to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the one who will get those burdens. He'll take the baggage away and he'll, he'll help us with our focus and he'll help us with our blind spots. But sometimes we just hang on to those things because they're so familiar and we really want to control our lives. And we really think that as Christians, and this is, a, this is a problem that we have, we think that as Christians we ought to be able to. We think that, I don't know who teaches this, I don't think anybody teaches this, but as Christians you should be able to take care of your own problems. That's not what Christ died for. Christ died so that he could take care of our problems if we focus on him. That's our job, is to focus on him. And when we focus on him, he'll take those burdens away. So it's about focusing on the right load because we're going to carry a load. We're designed to carry a load. But Jesus says, come to me. All who are all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly or humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. 
And so we're kind of designed to carry a burden, but we're, we're focused on carrying the wrong burdens. And we're focused because we have a hole in our eye. Sam and Arnie both have holes in their eyes, and Bob does too. Because they believe that they cannot trust God because they cannot trust everyone, anyone else. That's a hole. When will we be able to trust Jesus enough to allow him to take care of the burdens of our life? Initially, when we accept Christ, we feel so unburdened a lot of times. People's experiences are different, but a lot of times that's the case. But as we, as we walk this Christian life, We take on more, and because we've been forgiven, and because we're now Christians, we think we have a different responsibility, and we do. But that different responsibility is not to control all the problems in our life or to, or to carry all the baggage of ourselves or anyone else. Our job is to focus on Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit will come and will help us to do that. And we'll have seasons where we just can't let go. Those seasons with the right focus can be short-lived. And they need to be. Can we gain the wisdom of dogs? Who can, for the right prize, for the joy set before them, focus Well, the Lord has made it so we can. And that's a good news this morning. Jesus died to break those bonds of the baggage of sin that we commit ourselves and the stuff that other people put on us. And the Holy Spirit comes and teaches us. And so we don't have to stay in that bondage state. We can actually be free. Don't use your freedom to change your focus. It's about focusing on Jesus. This morning, if you uh, picked up a communion cup, did you? Did everyone do that? If not, they're right, right back there. Maybe we can get somebody to uh, give them out. If uh, does anyone not have one of these? We're not alone in the, uh, in the problem with focusing. Jesus' disciples didn't focus very well either while he was with them. He told them that he was going to be beaten and die. He was going to suffer at the hands of the Romans and the religious leaders. And they couldn't understand what was going on. They, they, They dismissed his words because their focus was different. Their mission was different. 
at one point, they were gathered together and Jesus was telling them that he would have to be handed over to the Romans and suffer many things and die. And at that celebration, there was a, at that gathering, there was a, a, a lady who was a sinner. Because we all are, okay. Uh, but, uh, but she had a jar of perfume and she, she put that perfume on Jesus. And the disciples were, were upset with that. They said, this perfume, it was quite expensive perfume. says this could have been sold and the money given to the poor and one of the disciples were so derailed by that event just couldn't understand what Jesus was doing and how selfish that was of him that he went out right after that celebration and went to the chief priests and said, what will you give me if I betray, if I deliver Jesus into your hands? They were looking for an opportunity, but not while the crowds were around. And Judas made his deal with them for 30 pieces of silver to betray Jesus. His focus was wrong. A wrong focus will destroy us. It's about focusing on Jesus. And so at the Last Supper, Jesus closing the teaching part of his ministry with his disciples, knowing that it was the, it was the night that he would be betrayed. And Paul really tells us, the Apostle Paul really tells us the story because Jesus appeared to Paul and taught him what happened there. Paul was not there. And so Paul says, For I receive from the Lord what I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper and saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And he said something very interesting. He said, Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner is guilty concerning the blood or the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself. Then and so eat the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many are weak and ill.
and some have died. It has been a while since you've had communion, a couple months anyway. And we are uh, uh, we're ending the uh, the supply of our uh, of our COVID cups, these miserable things that somebody invented so that we could have uh, communion and uh, and celebrate with uh, with very tasteless bread and uh, a, a complicated cup. But you know. The bread and the cup weren't weren't easy. Jesus had said that he very much desired to to eat this Passover with his disciples. He was excited to be there with them. He was on the verge of accomplishing everything that he came to do. But later that same night, he would pray in a garden. Father, take this cup from me. If there's any other way. He knew there wasn't, but just checking. (laughs) And he sweat great drops of blood for that. With the reality of that. But he took the bread, as we take the bread right now. And he gave thanks for it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this bread, representing the body of Jesus Christ that he freely gave for us. He gave it to heal our bodies. Oh, not from various different diseases, maybe, but Lord, that we might body and soul and spirit had the ability to follow you with his strength. And this was his sacrifice. Covering all sins of everyone everywhere. And Father, as we as we take this bread in our bodies. Father, we are focusing on Jesus Christ and what he did. We are fixing our eyes again on him and on his sacrifice. And we'll thank you for that as we take and eat in remembrance of him. Jesus said many other things at that table. He taught them from the scriptures and at that table there were there were different foods that represented different things and different cups that represented different things. And there was a cup that was usually 
not consumed at a meal. And he took a cup. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Take, drink. Do this in remembrance of me. So his body that he sacrificed, his blood that he shed, gave us everything that we needed to be able to focus on him. Not everything that we needed to live a victorious life in our own strength, but everything that we needed to continue to focus on him. It is his blood that cleanses us. Not our will. Our will. Focused on Jesus. Releases the power to cleanse us. And so as we take this cup into our bodies, we refocus our attention on Jesus Christ, who is that author and perfecter. It's funny, in First John, I believe it is, it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our, clean, our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He doesn't. We focus on him. Take, drink, refocus on Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, as a body of Christ, Father, we have just committed to refocusing on you. And Father, if there's anything in our way, Father, if, if our own strength is in the way, Father, we ask that you would help us to lay that down as well. We understand how difficult that is for us. You understand how difficult that is for us. But Father, it is not impossible. Help us focus on you and get rid of the hole in our eye. In Jesus' name, amen.